Should Keaton Mitchell be the Ravens running back one after the incredible display he's put on so far this season? We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked on Ravens. We're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here, making Locked on Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com. Slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We are a five day a week Ravens show. So, Ravens news analysis updates coming to you in video form, audio form, wherever you get those shows. So, be sure to subscribe, follow along there. And if you're, if we're part of your Spotify rap, I know that's coming out. It's all over Twitter, all over Instagram. You can put that out on Twitter, tag me in it, tag the show, and I'll be sure to retweet that. I appreciate all the support here. But today we have a very special guest on a Thursday, usually be crossover Thursday, getting ready for the next week's game. But the Ravens do not have a game this week as they are in the midst of their rest and relaxation of the bye weeks. So here to talk about the Ravens with me is former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismail. Q. The Ravens go into the bye at 9-3. and three. They get the win over the Chargers in week 12. Wasn't necessarily the prettiest game offensively outside of the rushing, but defensively they had it turned all the way up all game, four turnovers. And it puts them in a good spot going into a final stretch for them. Those next five games to end the year, they're going to be a gauntlet, really tough ones. They're going to be. Um, obviously, you wouldn't want it any other way. You want to kind of test yourself. Clearly, you're at 9-3, and three and the games that you blew, you should have won. So it wasn't like you got beat. And I think the Ravens have beaten teams along the way. It wasn't like they got lucky with other games that they've won. They've beaten some really good defenses. They've played against some high-potent offenses. They kept them all in check, uh, special teams-wise. And really, they've had their gaps in the losses, but they've been steady in the wins. Kind of Justin Tucker is not quite uh, the Justin that we're used to, but that doesn't mean that he's you know, in, you know, know, no less dangerous of a – uh, contributor to to this uh, team's wins, but uh, this is what you want. You don't want games where it's going to be cakewalks because what will happen is you get complacent, and then all of a sudden, as soon as the playoffs come, you think that, ah, well, the other teams, they've been gearing up. They're seasoned and ready, and the next thing you know, you look back and you're like, wait a minute, we're on the sideline watching them go ahead to whatever the next round is, and you're on the outside looking in. So good. Good that you're 9-3. Good that you've had the losses that you've had, the wins that you've had. And now let's put yourself in a position where it's going to help you with these tougher games to kind of season you, if you will, for the playoffs. And I know we've talked about it before, but the Ravens and honestly any team, if you win early, it puts you in less of a stressful situation late. Now, the way the AFC, the top of it has gone this year, Baltimore 9-3, and three, Kansas City, 
Jacksonville, Miami, they're all at eight and three and could jump the Ravens in the standings based off a conference record if they win on Sunday because Baltimore doesn't have a game. It's going to come down to the wire, but at least we're not going to be talking about, oh, well, is this Ravens team in danger of missing the playoffs? It'll take a historic collapse for that to happen, so hopefully, hopefully nothing of the sort. But I think the bye did come at a perfect time for them. They're clearly, and again, we've talked about it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. No one's 100% healthy right now, not even close. But to get those little things, those little injuries and little bumps and bruises as healed as you can get them at this point. Teams have been playing since week six, they have their bye. Week seven, they have their bye. I'd rather have it late than early. I know Odell Beckham talked a bit about it as well. But I think a key aspect of the Ravens right now, Q, is in the running game. They ran for 197 yards against the Chargers in week 12. Keaton Mitchell just looks electric every time he touches the ball. And it's raised the question about, well, where should he be in this running back pecking order? I don't think it's going to be Keaton Mitchell's backfield or anything like that. But we did see it was a 9-8 to eight split, Keaton Mitchell with 9, Gus Edwards with 8. Do you think that moving forward, Keaton Mitchell should have that quote-unquote running back one tag with Gus Edwards being the two? But I think, if anything, it'd be more of a committee approach with maybe Keaton getting one or two more carries than Gus. But if that's the case, he would be the Ravens' top running back. The Keaton Mitchell thing, let me say it this way, it is a great problem to have. You know that you miss out on J.K. Dobbins, his explosiveness, his ability to make guys miss. And obviously we've seen that, you know, he can make the big play. Uh, it is one of those things where Keaton came along at the right time. He was ready. They were ready to, to have him and, and, and off you go. So when I look at Keaton Mitchell, I think what they've done, they've, they've, they've brought him along in a, in a good way. What I mean by that is, is that it's not that the coaches don't trust you. Make me believe in you more. You know, you're the one that controls your destiny. You're the one that controls how many carries we give you, how you know many opportunities uh, to play you. So we, as pundits, can sit back, oh, yeah, it's easy, you know, we're just going to have him. But we don't know. Clearly, we know enough that his work ethic is 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 there and he's 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 dependable. Clearly, he knows his assignments because it's not like he's sitting there and like, oh, he's lost. I mean, he's playing with confidence. But that was built up over time is my point. And as much as, you know, from a running back aspect, I think it's easy for a coach to look on the side and be like, yeah, you're not ready. You're not going in. You're not costing me my job. But if you are ready and you are able to, to do those things, to block, to run, to line up, to know what your assignment is, then I'm, you know what, go ahead and go in there, get him, get him in there and spell him. And I, I think that's, again, it's a good problem to have. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily just, just yet saying, oh, he should be running back number one. I like him as that home run threat. You know, let him just be loose. Let him just... You know, a home run threat, you know, I ain't trying to go up there and, you know, just wear you out. I'm trying to have you like, ha-ha, wear out the defense. Let, you know, Gus do some hardcore wearing out the defense. But then at the same time, you know, Justice Hill, let him, you know, I, I know we know homeboy had trouble holding on to the football. That's why we're in this situation to begin with when it comes to the running back room. Keaton probably wouldn't have gotten much of a chance if it was a scenario where Justice Hill was just dominating. I like home run threat. And we talk about that final stretch of the season, and we talk about in the playoffs, 
let homeboy have some fresh legs and be a home run threat. You know, that that's that's the secret sauce. So I think they have a good combination going. I, you know, give them a workload, but you know, maybe second half when the defense is a little bit more tired, then kind of like allow him to to run and feast. Well, I think even if, you know, depending on what your view is of Mitchell and whether he should or shouldn't be the running back one, he's put himself in position at least to be in the conversation for that and to have that opportunity because you're right, he's a home run hitter. But I think what surprised people more about him is coming out of college, he was he was known as that, right? The speedster, the home run threat. For him, he's worked really well off of contact. Like after first contact, he's hitting the hole hard. And I think the thing in the preseason was, well, he's trying to get to the outside. Can he do that on a consistent basis and use his speed to get away from NFL speed defenders? And the answer has been yes, he's been that good. But with Gus, I think the whole running back room is perfectly complements each other. So I think Keaton has put himself in that position to, again, be in the conversation for Baltimore's running back one job. And again, it's not a typical, hey, you know what, Saquon Barkley for the Giants. He gets 30 carries a game and no one else sniffs five. It'd be a committee regardless. But this is not me saying Gus hasn't done anything this season. Gus has been great for him. And it's you're, you're right. It's a good problem to have because regardless of how it shakes out, whether it's Keaton at running back one. And again, I use the running back one term as like they're going to split carries. Like that's yeah. what's going to happen because both those guys have earned it. But to me – the other part of it is you talked about, well, Mitchell hasn't played an entire football season yet. He was injured to start the season, came back, got injured again, came back. He has those fresh legs. And I think, again, for a team where we can see Gus has carried a lot of load this year, Justice has done his thing too, it's really nice for Baltimore to have a guy who is not only playing really well, but doesn't have a full workload of a season under his belt right now. And, 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 and see, this is the beauty of it all too, because – what defenses have to account for, what people don't realize, well, we realize, I keep saying people, well, we realize that there's the Lamar Jackson factor. Anytime Lamar Jackson, like if you're going to go ahead and read it, there was a, a particular play, and I know uh, our friend uh, Cole Jackson, he actually put it up on X, and he was like, man, look at how uh, Keaton uh, you know, rides the hole. He's very smooth through it. And it allows him to get into the second level with speed. But then as you continue to, you know, just kind of look at the, the, the play, it was a spread formation. So everybody spread out. And the lineman did an amazing job. Well, the guy that would technically have tackled Keaton, you got to look at number eight. Because homeboy was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to go over this way because number eight's going over this way. So it's like as eight moves, I move. And then that's just one less guy I got to worry about from Keaton. Then you add on to what you just said, his fresh legs, his ability to, to be that home run threat and all those things. My God, man. I mean, that's an advantage. You got two home run threats in the backfield, and that is what you want. But then at the same time, you're going to have a short yardage situation. Well, you want to have Gus Edwards in there and, oh, you know, plowing it through. You might have a situation where you might have protection, or you might be a, a scenario where you're you're going to be given it if you're Lamar Jackson. And sure, Justice Hill has proven. Um, he's proven, although Khalil Mack kind of humbles everybody. <laughs> I mean, it was a tough one, but he's proven that, you know, he can also help out in, in pass pro. And I think that's something where it's an advantage. But if he's going to get the rock, I think now he's realizing, yo, I, I can't, you know, my, my carries and my days are limited. I need to make the best of it. So I think there's some, again, 
good things that are happening all the way around in this running back room and the running back situation and in the way in which Todd Munkin wants to use them. We've come a long way from uh, the last couple of weeks from the Derrick Henrys and the Josh Jacobs. And the answer was Keaton Mitchell the whole time. He was right in front no. of us. He was right there. So there were concerns about that running back room, how it was going to fare, but he has injected new life into that unit. And again, has put himself in position to be a really big part of the Ravens offense moving forward as he should be, because he literally right now among all running backs with 25 plus carries is second in the league in yards per attempt at 9.3. So really, really good. Keep Mitchell snaps and coming up in the second part of the show. We'll talk about what we've seen from this Ravens team so far this year is they're in the middle of their bye week. So be sure to stay tuned. Lots to get to on the show. First, this episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is awesome. Look no further than Prize Picks for daily fantasy sports. And Prize Picks is the most fun. So many have had up to 25 times the money this football season. All I have to do is like two or more players pick more or less in their projected stats and place your entry. With basketball season here, you cannot pick combo projections too across football and basketball from the specials league, league creators, specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you can pick LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, the 10.5 combo of three pointers made versus receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from one of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each week. Price Picks even offers a great reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss and match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss and match up to $100. Pricepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostraker, Kadri Ismail talking football, talking Ravens with you here. And Q, again, nine and three. If I had told you that, if we were doing a preview episode right before the season started, I said, Q, the Ravens will be nine and three heading into their bye week. How would you have taken that news? And now, now you know it's reality. So how would you have taken it back then? Uh, I, I would have been ecstatic. I would have said, at, well, after looking at training camp, I would have said, yeah, this is this is about right. I would have not believed the losses, the way they happened. Like Pittsburgh, I was like, oh, we're going to whoop up on them just because, you know, I mean, yo, any Ravens fan, they're like, yo, bro, we don't like y'all. Y'all like us. We don't like you. We're going to beat you. But they get the bragging rights in that regard and just eats away at me that last freaking second field goal and mother of pearl. Like all of a sudden your boy gets his shoulder and hit. then he's going to go on IR. Then he's going to miss the season. Like what the brick? So those two losses get me. Gardner Minshew, okay. I could see us early in the year, you know, having some kind of weird, you know, letdown. But I thought like a Seattle-ish type of a team. Um, I didn't really know who um, the Lions were going to be. But then when I saw them, I was like, ooh, they're going to be a challenge. Whooped up on them. Like, get out of here. I also thought from a bigger picture standpoint, Joe Burrow, was going to be more of a problem. And clearly, you know, the, the breakdown of his injuries with, you know, the second game, his wrist, but the first game, his calf, you know, like I was like, oh, okay. 
I, I honestly thought one of those losses would have been either, like I said, a Seattle or a Lions, and then maybe a Cincinnati. But I am happy in this regard because it shows the resolve and, and the cool factor of this team. Like, think about it, Kevin. Again, Sandy or San Diego, Los Angeles, like they can play and they got a stud quarterback. Uh, Seattle, stud you know, quarterback from the previous year. And obviously they had a strong defense. The Lions, the Lions, you know, are like the darling of the NFL. Oh, you know, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and, and rightly so going into the game. I mean, defensively, they were awesome. So, you know, Joe Burrow, like, oh, you know, Burrow has been, you know, killing it as far as getting into the playoffs and all those things. So you group all that together. And that's where like this nine and three record, like I'm smiling, like, man, I, I will take those victories and I'm appreciative if it's if this sounds weird, but I'm appreciative of the losses just because I know the way in which, you know, it's hard to win in this league. But when you you don't get beat and you're beating teams. Hallelujah. Yeah, again, you'll, you'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day of the week. And obviously some of the Ravens wins have been very pretty themselves. But yeah. that Chargers game came down to the last. I mean, Jadavion Clowney played hero ball in that one with his multiple turnovers forced the defense. Arthur Millette at the end. Mike McDonald dropping Michael Pierce into coverage. Just the, the chef's kiss and just shows everything that he's done. But before we talk about Mike and the defense, I want to talk about Todd Monk and the offense a little bit, Q, because it's been inconsistent all season. We've seen them at their peak, and we know what they can do at their peak. You mentioned Seattle. You mentioned Detroit. But then they have games where either they don't run the ball as much as they should. I mean, the Chargers defense was horrendous running or rush defense wise. And I think, again, they ran, but a lot of it came at the end of the game when they were trying to run the clock out. And there have been some issues, I think, for some people at how they've used a Flowers and Lamar Jackson with the deep ball and pushing the ball down the field. But I want to get your opinion because I feel like if you spread everybody out, Mark Andrews obviously not being there hurts things. But if you have four wide, let's say, and a running back in the shotgun with Lamar. I just feel like, again, you're spreading out the entire defense. They run the ball so well. And you have to, at that point, decide who you're going to cover one-on-one. -on -one. And every time I saw them do it against the Chargers, I'm just like, how are they going to defend this with the threat of Lamar, the threat of the running back, the threat of the short game? If the defense blitzes, you can obviously get the ball on a screen and kind of combat that. I just feel like the best way the Ravens can do things is if they utilize the spread a little bit more and just spread guys out and force defenses to get stretched thin in that box. And with the way they've been running it, this is a top 10 offense. You know, the, the eye test might not tell you, but it's a top 10 offense, both rushing and passing. I think they can utilize it a little better. But what's your opinion? Yeah, you know, and I, I think from what you're saying, as far as spreading out everybody, Isaiah likely is a better you can use him better, I think, spreading him out compared to having him in the box and, you know, trying to be a Mark Andrews-esque type of a player. Spreading out guys gives him a chance to to flourish and, and do his thing. That adds another element to it all. I do love the way in which uh, Odell Beckham is in the slot. I love how he continually gets open. I am befuddled if we talk about it, you know, and and just be real about it. Like that deep ball just needs to happen, and and like I, I'm just like I mean, it's what is this week? You know, twelve. It's going to be week thirteen. They get back on the field. What is it going to be week fourteen? And we still talking about it. You know that that's troubling because ultimately, like what wins games in the playoffs are big plays. And 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 you know, if teams know you're 
not really going to be able to go down the field. Sure, you know, the 12, 13-play drive, the sustaining drives are great, but there's something to be said about having that 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 bullet right there that you could just put into your, your gun at any moment in time and bam, you know, big play happened, bam, big score happens. And I think, you know, Lamar will be the first to tell you, like that's something that, you know, is it, 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 it has to connect. You know, they had him in the slot, did a little stutter go, he beat the uh, defender, and, you know, the ball's overthrown. You know, it's it's that that I think, yes, spread him out, but let's get that going. Yeah, I, I, they, they've they shown what they can do, again, when they're hitting on all cylinders. And I think, again, you don't want them to peak in early November. You want them to, again, continually to gradually get better and better than you want to peak in February, hopefully, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> But there have been some concerns with the offensive line. We'll talk about that in the final part of the show. But I do want to give Mike McDonald his flowers because what a year it's been for that defense. They are just balling out. I know, again, top pass defense in the league. Rushing-wise, the stats won't tell you it's been amazing. But I think that's more a product of them getting gashed a couple games and not the full sample size. I think they've been a bit more consistent over the full season, and it's just been a couple of bad games. But regardless – Mike McDonald is using his aggressiveness in, I think, a very calculated way. He is an aggressive coordinator, but it's not the live by the blitz, die by the blitz Ravens fans got so used to in that Don Mortendale era. He's using his guys well. And I just go back, Q, to when he was first hired. And Patrick Queen took to took to Twitter, or I guess X now was Twitter at the time, yeah. and was so ecstatic about it. He he gushed about him. That was Patrick Queen's guy. He goes over for a year at Michigan, kind of finds his way on his own without the Ravens organization, comes back and has settled in, and I think, look, we can talk about it, whether it's going to be with the Ravens or somewhere else, but I think he's a head coaching candidate, and I think this year, with the way this defense is playing, they're going to be in the conversation, maybe not quite up to that level of those 2,000 Ravens, which I know you're very familiar with, Q, yeah. but they're they're on pace to be one of the best defenses in this team's history. Yeah, no question. Um, his, his ability to cook has been just outstanding. Uh, his ability to use his personnel – the thing is, is that I know I'm going to be used. I know I'm going to be ready. Millette, like, as it was mentioned in the uh, presser with, with Mike McDonald, he's like, yeah, you know, it, 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 his rotation, just the way the game played out, he wasn't able to get in there. However, when he did get in there, it was the most critical of plays. And I, I loved it. You know, I loved how, you know, he trusted – you know, big Mike Pierce to like drop back into coverage, like what? But it's 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 that's an unpredictable thing against a franchise quarterback that has passed the ball extremely well. So therefore, he's seen all the different coverages, and the way he had to his left that strong side setup. So he has to his left that strong side setup, and he's like, all right, cool. I got my receivers out here. Who are the matchups that I can go up against? Ooh, I can see number ten right there. He's going to be on my guy. Let's see what Keenan Allen, how that's all going to shape out. Oh, my God, he came off the edge. Oh, I got to get rid of the football. That surprised him. Now, again, when you look at Mike McDonald throughout the entire game, he's putting guys in position. It's not like you got to beat guys off the edge and hope and pray. It's a lot of the stunting action. And what they're doing, they're doing some big-time pick-and-roll basketball style uh, and getting to the quarterback. And I think – that enthusiasm, that belief in getting to the quarterback or stopping the run. Uh, you got the long arm of the law who is just, you know, Captain Obvious here. He's going to be first team all pro. 
uh, it'd be a shame if he isn't. And, and I mean, he's a lock. I, I think, you know, his, his body of work is showing he's first team all pro, but uh, Kyle Hamilton has been all over the field and, and, you know, that, that three sack Gardner Minshew slash, you know, tipping the ball against uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, why did it come in those two losses? It irks the living beep out of me, but it did. However, it didn't deter him mentally to contribute in all the other wins as well. So, I mean, my goodness, man, it, it, it just – let's talk about the two linebackers that have over 100 sacks apiece, okay? Like, like let's just, just let's pause on that. That's called balling. That's called preparation. That's called putting you in position to make plays. That's 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 allowing you to be a professional. And I am telling you how you can get better. You know, and of course he has a good staff. I'm not tripping on that, but to your point, leader of men doing it well. Yeah, one hundred percent. And when I think you're talking about off-season conversations, the one about McDonald and John Harbaugh, we will save that for a couple months down the line. <laughs> But coming up, we will be talking about balancing the present and the future with this Ravens team. They're in a very unique situation right now. So be sure to stay tuned, playing to talk about on Locked on Ravens. First, this episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by DoorDash. And I'm a big food guy, 100%. Sometimes when I'm watching a game, I want to go to get a snack or go to the refrigerator. There's, there's nothing in there. So when the game goes to a timeout, it's time to order in with DoorDash and you can do multiple different DoorDash orders when you order with DoorDash. It's maybe the game day package you want. So pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns, DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Or if you're a snacks guy, you can order chips, dips, nachos, everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash as well. So get 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply, and all your favorite restaurants and stores are over on DoorDash and retail to grocery in the Baltimore area. There are a lot of great options. Sushi Hana for sushi, underground pizza for pizza. They're all in the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. One more time, 50% off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and the code LOCK23 for exchange terms apply. One more time, don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off of the $10 value when your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Send $15 or more, stop exchange terms apply. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's a better time to get in on the action. The app is awesome and super easy to use as a wide range of running options and includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And there's no Ravens game this week, unfortunately, so... Unfortunately, there'll be no FanDuel props for the Ravens for week 13, but the NFL, I'm sure there are going to be a ton of those as people who are Ravens fans will be watching the NFL. So the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, all those games, super important. You can go and make some bets over on their FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is your partner of the NFL. We are back rounding out Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Kadri Ismail. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. Subscribe in audio form and video form the whole nine yards. And now we're going to enter a segment that this is Q's favorite. Not really. If, you, if you're new here, Q does not like talking about the offseason in the regular season. And Q's philosophy, I'm, I'll speak for you, Q. You can correct me if I'm wrong, is we're playing football right now. Offseason is for offseason. We're in play in football time, but there is an element of balancing the present and the future. And I think a big conversation I talked about it yesterday on yesterday's show is Ronnie Stanley and the offensive line 
and just where your concern level is with that. Because the reality is, look, they're not going to bench Ronnie. They're going to play him through his, his woes, if you want to call it that. He's done so much for the organization. Now, as John Harbaugh mentioned, is obviously you and I both know, as many know, has not been great for Ronnie Stanley this year as a whole. Has definitely struggled with some injuries here and there. And obviously the injury suffered a couple of years ago. Just for the sake of saying it, his contract numbers, if you're talking about the future, his cap hit next year is 26 million. His dead cap hit is 17. So they're saved right around eight or nine million. It's a lot of dead money there. Plus, in 2025, you can save 20 million because his dead cap hit is only six with a debt with a cap hit of 26 million. But if you bench Ronnie, something weird happens. It's probably not going to bode well for what he's going to do in the future. But then it has the conversation of if Ronnie struggles for the rest of the season. Do you draft a tackle early in the draft? What do you do? I'm not going to, you don't have to go into detail on what's going to happen in a few months, but as of right now, are you concerned about Ronnie Stanley, not only for this season, but if it continues and they keep him on board for what it could be next year? So yes, you're right. I don't like it. I don't like this conversation. Uh, This is like, you know, we're not genies. We just want to play the next game. Um, but yes, he is having his struggles. He's not playing as well. And clearly from an injury standpoint, um, you know, just his, his super fast twitch muscle fibers and his technique aren't lining up. And there are some teams that are big time taking advantage of him. You know, you're seeing speed to power, you're seeing power to speed, you're seeing different stunts, you're seeing techniques, all that against him who, you know, he was first team all pro for a reason. He was just dynamic as dynamic got. Um, and it's, it is frustrating and it's sad and it's, you know, un- the unfortunate part of football, it's, you know, why I have my shirt on. It's why I have my, I'm in my facility as far as training, because I just feel and believe that guys shouldn't get hurt. And if they do, there's ways to aggressively get them back out there playing and, you know, allow their body to do their thing. With that said, Ronnie got to figure out for this entire week, how can I use this week to help me? get back and do what I know to do to feel what I know I am capable of doing and then develop a game plan moving forward from this week. I mean, that's the main thing. How do I move forward from this week to, to not allow it to uh, have punch in psychiatry and, and Kevin sit back and talk about my cap hit and all the things I want to earn all my money, but, We'll see. You know, this is a meritocracy. It's it's all about what have you done for me lately. And I think that uh, he has a lot of football left. I think at the same time, yeah, the draft from a draft you know, perspective, what, you know, the preliminary reports I'm hearing is that, oh, it's a heavy tackle draft. Okay, great. Huh. But let's just get him through the bye week and hopefully he can get better. Yeah. And I think, again, that's why it's kind of come at the perfect time for this Ravens team, especially for Ronnie and, John Harbaugh kind of talked about that in his media availability this week, but we'll, we can talk about a signing that's not not an offseason one. Marcus Peters, familiar face in Baltimore, gets cut by the Raiders, and oh, yeah. has there been discourse this week about whether the Ravens should try to make a move for him or not? Now, when the Ravens did the Marcus Peters to Rock Yassin, essentially it was Marcus going to the Raiders and, and Rock Yassin coming into Baltimore, flip teams, I think the Ravens wanted to just fully embrace the physicality aspect of a defensive unit. We we know that Marcus Peters is not the most physical player in the NFL, had some tackling issues. And in Las Vegas, it seems like it was the effort that really did him in. He wasn't giving full effort. He got benched in the Raiders last game. 
I personally don't think the Ravens need Marcus Peters right now. I mean, look, if it's some random, like if he comes back on the practice squad just to have him back, I mean, fine. It's not a huge deal. But they're in a situation now where they have Brandon Stevens who has stepped up. Even the rocket scene hasn't panned out. Ronald Darby has played well. Obviously, they're going to get Marlon back hopefully after the bye. This is the top-rated pass defense, and I don't want to say like Marcus would ruin all of that. I don't even think he gets significant snaps, if we're being honest, but I just think they put themselves in a position where we were talking about how big of a need corner was, how big of a need corner was, and I just don't think Marcus at this point is in his career is a big enough needle mover for the Ravens to necessarily go after that unless it's, again, is a practice squad signing or in a minimal or non-existent role. Yeah, it seems like we do get sentimental when, you know, we have some guys that were Ravens that kind of, you know, a little gritty, a little edge to them. It, it, it definitely typifies what Baltimore is all about. I am with you. Why? Bring him in. Jalen Armour Davis, uh, you know, Rocky Sin when he does get in there and stuff. Uh, Darby, they all kind of had their role, if you will. I think they all are competing. I think confidence-wise, chemistry-wise, the frontline guys, uh, there's a, a flow and a feel to it. You know, how is that dynamic going to be as far as um, coming in with a strong personality that Marcus has? Is he going to, like, feel like he – well, he is going to feel like he's an alpha, and, and I need to let y'all know. Um, but would he embrace his role? You know, that's something that, you know, you got to look at and figure out. Is that something that um, – would be in play, you know? So I think ultimately, no, I, I would be, I would be disappointed. I mean, you know, if you do it, you're doing it, but I don't think it's a necessary thing that you need to do. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to have it come off as I'm saying, well, Marcus never did anything for the Ravens. And I don't like it. Like Marcus is awesome. Like he did a lot of good things in his time with the Ravens. He embraced the community, embraced the organization, but clearly they just, it seemed like Marcus wanted to come back. It seemed more like a Ravens thing. And it felt like they wanted to, again, embrace the physicality. I just don't think it's the time. He's not right anymore right now. Yeah. It just seems like it's not in the cards for him. And that's fine because they've had guys step up and that's just how it's gone this season. But you're the Ravens right now. They are nine and three football team. It's all I have for you here today though, on the show. I appreciate you. Of course, Q for me, I think that Baltimore they have an opportunity to make some noise. We're going to find out a lot about this team in the final five games of the year. You got the Rams. You got, it's a gauntlet. You got the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Steelers. We're going to learn a lot about them in these next five weeks after the bye. Yeah, we are. Um, I, I think the Rams, you know, we talk about, you know, secondary. We're going to get challenged. Smart quarterback. Talk about uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is like, hey, man, we feel like we're. We up there with, with the upper echelon as well. So they're a very good coach team. Talk about Miami. Miami's Miami. Miami kind of, you know, ride a roller coaster. But I think, you know, this – the Miami game is a personal game in that you, you, you know what you should have done last year. You didn't get it done. And then, of course, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. You know, you want to just slap them in the face and let them know, hey, even though Canada ain't there no more, this ain't, this ain't for you. You know, maybe y'all might see us in the playoffs. Maybe y'all might not. We don't care. We're about to whoop up on you. Yeah, it's going to be really important for him. But again, the bye comes in an awesome time. They're able to rest and regroup ahead of those five games in the gauntlet. Again, Q, thank you for your time. And thank you for tuning in to Locked on Ravens today. Coming out tomorrow, we'll round out the week. More Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.